Hi, this is Kate Luzio, founder and CEO of Luminary, New York's premier collaboration space for women who are passionate about professional development and expanding their networks. Welcome to Come Sit at Our Table, our Be a Luminary podcast. During our podcast, we'll speak to luminous leaders, exploring how they are inviting others to their table and exemplifying luminary behavior in their personal and professional lives. We welcome you to listen and come sit at our table. Welcome to Come Sit at Our Table, uh, the Be a Luminary podcast. I am here with Jennifer Justice, aka JJ, the founder and CEO of the Justice Department. So welcome, Thank JJ. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So I happen to have uh, the benefit of knowing you um, now for many, many months and know your background. And you've been featured in a lot of media lately, but this is a relatively new company after many, many years in corporate law, in, in, in running co- and actually running an, a, a company. So can you take us through your journey around when you started to how you came up with the Justice Department? Yeah, sure. I can give you the cliff notes of that. Um, so I... Um... I started my career actually as a litigator, litigation associate at Hughes, Hubbard and Reed. I had gone to Cornell Law School after um, college at University of Washington. You know, my, my you know, no, nobody in my family had graduated from college or, you know, my mom didn't even actually graduate high school. And I was like looking for like, what should I do? So I looked, you know, to TV and like, oh, there's a doctor and a lawyer and like, you know, firefighter. <laughs> and like, what should you do? And I was like, I guess I'll be a lawyer because after graduating from UW, like the counseling center was just sending me on, you know, insurance sales and, um, and, you know, wine distribution. So, you know, I went to law school <laughs> and I had also gotten in like in the whole grunge scene there. And as I was about to leave for law school, they're like, wait, where are you? you're going to be a lawyer? What kind? And I was like, I have no idea. But they were like, oh, OK, well, you know, we're we all have lawyers and they're women. And I was like, OK, great. That's what I'm going to do. And being a music attorney is not the most intellectual pursuit as an attorney. So I go to Cornell Law School to be a music attorney. So, you know, um, I didn't make Cornell that proud. Now I'm making them proud. But then. <laughs> so um, but I so no, I left there. I went to Hughes, Hubbard and Reed. I graduated from law school. I went to Hughes, Hubbard and Reed for like a year. But when I was um, when I was interviewing, you know, before I got that job, um, this guy that I interviewed with had long hair and a ponytail and said, oh, you want to be, you know, a music attorney. And I was like, I can't tell you that as I'm, you know, wanting this big Wall Street firm. And he was like, no, no, no. By the time you're ready, you know, come in here, be, learn how to be a real attorney. And then I will introduce you to people in the music industry. That's exactly what happened. And, you know, I got a job. So I was interviewing with these big firms. And, yeah, I was like, this is what I want to do. And for some reason, I don't know why it was just very readily apparent to me that women were not treated the same. And that's not like, you know, me being in my mid 20s with zero, um, you know, like zero visibility into what business really looked like other than seeing that it's mostly men. And so I interview at this one firm, this one that everybody, you know, you would think in in music that you would want to interview with. And I walked in and it still had all the books and the library and you don't need those in entertainment law. And they were like, so I go into interview and I don't know what, this is what I thought was a holy grail. And I said, where are all the women in this firm? And they go, they're out there. And I was like, you mean assistants? (gasps) And he was like, yeah. And he basically was like, oh, I feel like you're a little ambitious for this. 
And I was like, and this firm is still hired. <laughs> they're still like 99% men and they're still hired by most entertainment people uh, in music, including a bunch of women. So, I mean, you know, we'll get back to that later. So then I was like, okay, this is not the place. So one of the guys, I didn't know this at the time, was leaving that firm and going into another one called Carol Guido and Groffman. So I got a call to interview with them. The same guy hooked me up. And he was like, you know, so we had an interview. They were like, oh, we're going through the whole litany of artists. And we have Dave Matthews Band. And, and, and we have this young hip-hop artist named Jay-Z. And I was like, oh, Reasonable That's my favorite album. It was before Hard Knock Life came out. Um, and then that <laughs> night, that guy goes, um, he goes out to dinner with all his old, you know, friends from this other firm. And he's like, oh, my God, I just met this amazing woman named Jennifer Justice. I think we're going to hire her. And they go, oh, we interviewed her, when, you know, at the firm. And and then oh. he goes, what? Why didn't you hire her? And he goes, she's too ambitious. Oh, yes. my god! So anyway, I tell you all of that because that planted the seed of like, oh, my God, I'm not allowed to be a woman and be ambitious. And then, you right. know, Elliot, to his credit, like, so I got the job, obviously, I started. And Daisy was my first client there. And then, but he also said, here, you know what, here's all the executives in the music industry, because they love to do employment agreements there. Um, and so very young, like di- director levels. So I get a director level agreement. And he's like, this is how you're going to meet everybody in the, in the business. And that's really what it's all about in music. And so it gives me this one for Universal Music Publishing. It's a guy's director level. He's getting like $130,000. Then I go to do the senior director, a woman, many more years experience, basically training this guy. She's getting 90000 And I was like, wait a minute. Wait a oh minute. Why is this okay? Why is this okay with anybody? And then like that just kept happening. You know, I kept, you know, I started right. representing, you know, all the hip hop artists, another very underserved population at that point in time in particular. They weren't like televised Grammys. Like they never had, like, it was just a lot of like craziness um, representing all these hip hop artists. And then, but I was also seeing this crazy diversity with women and their equality, lack of equality of pay. So it kept happening. I kept getting advice and I was like, you know what? I need help. Like I, who am I? I'm not an authority on this. Like, what do I do? I will go to Barnes and Noble and I look at like, literally ask them like, where is there like, you know, woman in business books. There were three of them. Right. That was it. And it wasn't about negotiation. Well, there was. It was like, um, well, Barbara Corcoran's is when, uh, if you don't have big boobs, wear ponytails. And then there was Nice Girls Don't Get the Corner Office 101. <laughs> For sure. And there was uh, Play Like a Man, Win Like a Woman, which is Gail Evans, who's still one of my heroes. And I got to talk to her and meet her since doing this. Um, she was one of the first female executives in CNN. And, you know, and look, all those things that, like, that are in those books, like, still happen. Like, today in, like, what we do to sabotage ourselves, but then, you know, what's not in those books is how the patriarchal system that is set up is abusing us too. So, um, so anyway, so that, like, I just, you know, so I went through that. I was, you know, at this law firm and then, you know, I helped Jay-Z start Rock Nation and then I went over to Rock Nation and I became the um, general counsel and then I became the EVP um, doing all strategic marketing and business development. And then, um, you know, had been there for like six years. I was one of the first people we had like, you know, built out the business. I, um, you know, I had my kids by myself, you know, during that time. And it was 2010, by the way, which, you know, we're about to go into the 10 year mark. And I was really getting more and more involved in the female equality space. 
So I just one day was like, I had been with Jay-Z 17 years and I was like, you know what, it's time for me to move on and find something else. Um, and then I went to Superfly, became the president there doing all their corporate development, figuring out how to build their company, et cetera. And then, you know, uh, then I became the, you know, I'm on the Annenberg Inclusion Initiative Board and on Free From's domestic violence organization and still doing a lot of stuff for female equality. And then when my deal was going to be up like six months, I was like thinking, what should I do? Like, what can't, like, I keep making money for men and trying to overthrow the patriarchy at night. Like I, I talk the talk, <laughs> but I'm not walking the walk. Like, you know, like, what can I do? And I just was like, what am I really good at? I'm really good at, at marrying art and commerce. I'm really good at being an advocate for people. And, um, and I'm really good at being a lawyer and I'm really good at being, a, you know, doing strategy and biz dev. So why don't I do the exact same thing I was doing for Jay-Z for 17 years and other artists and do that for women. And so the justice department was born out of like, you know, I just kept thinking to myself, what is the definition of crazy doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. We keep knocking on the door. We keep trying to find a seat at the table. And I'm like enough, like I want to train women to have just as much money as men. And then we, and we'll build our own system, give each other business and only each other business. And then when there's a pipeline of men that understand and want to come in, then we'll allow them to. Um, and it's a very, very large endeavor started by a very, very small amount of people. And, you know, I know that in the seven, eight yeah. months that we've been doing it, we've made a difference in, in women's lives and, in, you know, and people like paying attention to it. Um, no, absolutely. I mean, I think that's the you're making impact already, right? In a very short amount of time. I have so many yeah. questions. I have just so many questions. Um, so, and some of them I know the answers to just because right. I know you, but I, I think it's really important that the listeners hear. So, so you're doing this, working with Jay-Z and Rock Nation for so many years um, and a lot of other artists, obviously, that were represented by Rock Nation. When you decided, yeah, I know you went to Superfly and you were running the, the brand and corporate development, but how does, how does he feel during this time or the company Rock Nation feel where you're representing a lot of artists and you're still questioning, like, what the hell's going on with why aren't women pay, getting paid more? I mean, was there your ambitious, which I think is an amazing word for, for anyone, including women. Um, how did he feel or how did the company feel? I mean, certainly you were helping them make and, and save money. Well, I think, look, he, he has a, you know, he now runs one of the largest minority owned, minority led, minority representation businesses. So it's just additive, yeah. right? It's like, okay, yeah, great. Uh, now let me take on. So look, he's always supportive and been, um, uh, look, he, he loves loyal people around him. He knew that I would be loyal to him to the end of the day, but like, and he would, to me, but ultimately this is my passion and I had to pursue it and I had kids and, and this is how the legacy I wanted to leave. My legacy was set with him and I'm there, you know, he's doing an ama amazing work and he's doing it from his perspective and now I'm just doing it from mine. So it's all actually in the same vein of things, to be honest. No, yeah, absolutely. Given. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, and, but you took a, you took a couple of years, you went to Superfly, you were running corporate development there. And, but you were, I guess you said you were, even though it's a, it's a company, you're, you're seeing, you're seeing the same things and you're hearing the same things, which led you to sort of say, why, again, why am I working right. my day and overthrowing the patriarchy at night? Is that, was that really, was there like a, 
something that clicked in your brain, like, I'm going to go do this. Yeah, I also have an amazing executive coach who, um, you know, like, without me really even realizing it, like, kind of talked me out of taking like a job that was I was up for, you know, female founded companies. And she's just kind of like, why do you keep doing this for other people when you have this passion? And, you know, even if like, you were just marginally successful, you'd be making the same amount of money. You know what I mean? Right. And, you know, she kind of helped me with the Rock Nation one too. And, you know, look, she's, oh, she's become a very good friend and she has a British accent. So she can talk into anything, you know, he's like, what? <laughs> so she just like brought, started putting it in another perspective. And I was like, you know what? You're right. Like it does frustrate me. It, it, it frustrates me to work for other people when I can see something and want to like take another path. And ultimately it's not my decision. So there was, you know, it just, it was the right time and how my brain works. I'm like, I'm left-handed, but I do like pursuits that what people would see was not as creative, but I use that to make it creative in my own right. And when I make a decision, like I just do it, no matter the risk, anything, I just do it. Like I quit Rock Nation with no job as a single mother of twins that were two and a half. <laughs> About to start private so, school. I don't even know what I was thinking. So no, so you didn't even have the the superfly job lined up. You were just like, I'm done. I need to yeah, do something different. Yeah, I just knew because first of all, I couldn't get a job behind Jay Z's back. I would never do that. I'd been with him for 17 years, and he wasn't right. gonna hire anybody behind me. So I was like, let me just go see. I'd never been unemployed and had money like in my life. I'd worked 40 hours a week since I'm 14. Like I just was going and going and going. So I was like, let me just see what's out there and Superfly had asked me they had talked to me you know so it was like oh okay there are people interested but I hadn't like gone down the path of really negotiating with them um so yeah it was a really kind of crazy and scary time but really necessary and I think everybody should take three to six months off um at any given time in their life and really like reset so it did help me reset and then when I got in there it was like I loved it and it was a totally different environment and it was you know, but it's still partially in the music industry, partially out and like, you know, challenged me, you know, but um, yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was, yeah, it was kind of scary ultimately. So. <laughs> yeah, because it's amazing. I mean, not only are you, I mean, I, I did the same, right? I yeah. left my banking career after a conversation with my mentor versus my co- executive coach. And then the same, I didn't have something lined up, but I, I knew that, I wanted to do something different. Right. And I think, but you had I know. kids. <laughs> well, look, I was raised with like, with nothing. Right. So it's like, like, right. doesn't bring happiness. It brings convenience, you know? And, um, right. And so I knew that if I was not happy with doing what I was doing, that energy, the kids feel that energy. And if I'm saying yeah. to them, I'm going to spend my time away from you it better be doing something that makes me really happy. That's fulfilling. That make, I'm passionate about, you know? Um, so yeah, I did do that. I did it twice. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Twice because then you left, left Superfly, right? Yeah. To start, to start the yeah. justice department. So you're not even a, you're, um, you're over. No way. Basically. So I turned my deal from Superfly into a consulting deal in November, but I had things to like, um, you know, get done there. And then I kind of really like started it. Like if you call it like officially, we had a dinner like in mid January and then like officially in- launched on Instagram March 1st. Right. So that makes it official. <laughs> so you're, con- so, in, so basically women's history month, you're going to yeah, be a year. Exactly. Old. 
right? Yeah. 2020. So tell, tell, tell what is the goal and the objective? And I know you have so many incredible clients already uh, of the Justice Department. It's really to provide the best business experience and negotiate the best business deals for women so they can make the decisions and have the financial freedom that they need in their business and in their personal life. Um, and that, you know, and that is doing that by, and it, as strategists with them, as business development um, consultants with them, and we also have a law firm. So you'll work with a founder, you'll work with a banker, you'll work with yeah. anybody that is looking at negotiating better terms and employment contracts. Exactly. Kind of, anybody who needs anybody anything. who needs any bit like terms negotiated for them and help them set themselves up in the right way so they are set up to succeed. Women are often overlooked when it comes to business and the advice they usually get is like, oh, that's the best you're going to get. Or, you know, they, people or people assume that they know more than they don't because they think that we were also brought up with all the business and finance terms, like growing up with like, you know, our best friend's dad sure. and like that. And ultimately our goal is to, you know, make women, you know, have the financial equity to men because we know that the world will be a better place when women have equal money to men. We will not spend it on the same things. So let's talk about that because one of the biggest, I mean, I, I hear you in our, our sort of small group meetings that we have a lot of what you talk about and you had, you had this when we had you on the, um, the groundbreaking women panel here at Luminary, you talked about that, that we will not have a better world until we are making equal pay, if not more. And I completely agree, but what's so important about that in your mind around how it would be different or better with women when they got their fair share? Well, not only is it fair. Okay. That's just a just world. Okay. It's like, why yeah. is it okay? I mean, literally wrap your head around that. And instead of using the word woman, put like gay man or put like any ethnicity yeah. or any kind of like anything for some reason, when it's women, people are okay with it. It's insane that, that we are not yeah. getting paid the same. And for the same work, for the same titles, et cetera. Okay. And even if you're okay with it as a woman, what is that saying to your daughters or sons or the women underneath you? You need to be for just for, for that reason alone. Okay. Then on top of it, like, look at the election and look at like, you know, women, you know, use their, we'd go knock on doors. We didn't have the same amount of money to give to the campaigns. Right. You know, we didn't have the same amount of money to, to build like, um, you know, to, to, to give to our candidates that could move a needle. Um, we don't have the right. same amount of money to be at the top of all of these companies that are still allowed to employ toxic men and toxic women, by the way, and say, you know what, yep. I'm going to leave and I'm going to start a competing company like men do all the time. Like we don't have that luxury. And when you have more money or the founders, right? Like certain founders that have male founders or, or whatever. And, and like, you can't stand up to the men that are putting the money in your companies because you don't have other people to go to. And that, you know, so I'm, I'm really talking about the top level um, of earners. Um, and yes. that, you know, it's, it's as much as I would love to represent like the farm workers or the, you know, the, um, you know, domestic um, workers, et cetera. Right, right. Domestic just, workers, yeah. Like, this is my business skill set. This is where I can make a difference. I can get people more, women more money 
to put in their hands, to put in the hands of other women, because that's what women do. We hire other women and, you know, we aren't going to be spending the money on, you know, you know, like Silicon Valley, the, all six of us taking a private plane, our own private plane, which is horrible for the environment, you know, to the exact same place, you know, or, you know, to have sex, right. with sex workers, you know, that are really guys as manicurists and then go back to watch my team win the Super Bowl. Like, I mean, we are not doing this stuff as women if we have money. Right. You know? And, right. and we have right. to stop thinking of it as a charity. We are not a charity. We're 50% of the population. Half of these charities are serving women and children that are in the place they are in because of the greed because, of men. Like, yeah. you know? I think, a, yeah, and I think a big part of it is, you know, as, as, and as someone who spent, you know, 20 years in finance and banking, right, you get, as you accelerate and you get that more, you know, wealth or power, you also get more influence. Exactly. And I think that's where we have the power to sway others at the table. You yes. have the power to sway decision making and, and make, you know, the right decision. And not saying all women leaders are amazing, but I do think we, we just haven't had the opportunity where 50% of the fortune 500 or the fortune 1000 are, are women exactly. leaders, right? Or women led. What kind of choices would be had? And uh, you know, uh, you're right. And it's the power and people can be like, well, you know, capitalism, this is the system we live in right now. You know, it might not be in 20 years, but it's the system we live in right now. And, you know, get, giving us power, they, there could be a dis- different distribution of what capitalism means. And, um, and, you know, the only way to prove that thesis wrong is for women to be equal financially. So <laughs> absolutely. A- absolutely. I- again, I mean, I think you look at almost every industry and the discrepancy and the disparity that, that occurs. I mean, again, you, you, you saw it in the yeah. music world or entertainment world. I saw it yeah. in banking and, and now doing something to change that. Right. So that women are not just equal as far as right. getting the right level of jobs, but getting paid for it um, and, and representing that. So, um, you have two children and I think you're in a single mom and a working mom leading your own company. So, and they're almost 10. Oh no, they're six. Oh, six. But so, but they get it. I mean, I, I, I see what you're doing on social with them. I mean, they, they get what you're doing. You, you're teaching them and a girl, right? So, do you see differences in how they are at six? And I just had a conversation about this with Sandra Campos at, um, at DVF about her. She's got three kids, two girls and a boy. And she said, what's amazing as, as they're sort of between 16 and 20 is this generation is very different. Maybe they're two years or too young, but I guess, what are you seeing in them and what are you teaching? Well, I think like that generation is very different because they're not going to put up with inequalities. People start talking about the inequalities very young with them. And like my kids went to four marches already, five marches, I think. Um, So they're like, they understand like composting and recycling and they understand my son is like, you know, for a while, like before I could uh, explain that, you know, the gender disparities, et cetera, he'd be like, mommy, why do only women or girls get to go on stage like you and sissy? Cause he's seen me speak and he's seen his sister. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, why do, why do women only work? Cause he sees me and two of his best friends 
both of them, the the wife is the breadwinner and the husband stays home. And so it's so funny with an alternate universe. But like, and then, you know, Nico gets, my daughter gets like books like She Persisted and she loves it. And he's like, is there a He Persisted? And I was like, oh yeah, <laughs> it's the dawn of time. <laughs> but like... <laughs> But like I tried to explain it. I said, look, they're they're written because women weren't always girls weren't always treated well, you know. And so it's a delicate balance. But I think in general it's like they're they're um they're just they're seeing the world in different places and they're seeing it already from the great equalizer, which is which is the internet, the phone, the iPad. Like they're yeah. seeing it from the beginning that uh different uh faces and people and ideas and stuff. So Look, we live in the bubble of New York City, too, and in Tribeca, so it's not like, um, I don't know. It's a different upbringing than mine, that's for sure. But, yeah. So so you talk about, and, and when, you, when you were here at Luminary and, and talking, you talked about that you were a first-generation college graduate. So did, did that upbringing, and you said your mom didn't even go to, didn't graduate mm-hmm. high school, right, yeah. you said? So do you think that had a lot to do with, where what you were focused on at a very early age, like you were saying in your twenties, you were sort of already seeing this in the workplace. You were seeing it, um, this, this idea that you're too ambitious. Do you think that had to do with sort of where or how you were raised and you wanted to just do differently or better? Yeah. I mean, look, there's a whole thing with nature versus nurture, right? So, you know, no one else in my family really left for, you know, so I, I don't know. It's just the way I was born. Um, and because, you know, my fat, like where, where we're from, it's like, you know, it's like more simple people. It's like they get up, they work, they get married very young, they have kids very young, they work and they come home and they just try to have a good time. They don't try to get in anybody's yeah. way. They don't think that their voice matters. It's like, you know, they watch a lot of TV, you know, have a few drinks. It's like, it's a very simple life. And I just was born like, I want something else. Just was, it just was. Yeah. So it's, it was just like, uh, you know, people talk a lot. They use the word grit. It was just in me. It's what I wanted to do. Um, but I never really had time to like grow up in that same manner. You know, I like be a kid and do all, you know, it's like, it was, it was just right. like constantly go, 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 work, work, work. This is what I had to do. Yeah. But do you think, do you think a lot of that grit, I totally agree with and risk taking, but believing in yourself that you could just accomplish anything? I mean, that's look, that's like, I think something that, you know, women struggle with all the time. And with me in particular, I just was like, I always got good grades and and my teachers and stuff like, oh, great, you can do it. And um, for me, it wasn't like I can do it because it was more like when ignorance is bliss. It wasn't like anybody was yeah. like, well, why couldn't I do it? Of course I can. You know what I mean? It's like, right. um, you're just yeah, going to do just, it. I was more on autopilot. I was like, I'm just going to do it. And then other friends of mine would be like, yeah, we're going to go to law school too. And they're like, okay, we're going. Right. And it's like, oh wait, where'd everybody go? You know, we're going to college. Right. Well, where'd everybody go? I would just like kept happening in my life. So I've just been on this forward trajectory going, I got to just have faith that, that, you know, the universe is going to take care of me um, and keep it moving. It's amazing, right? I mean, like you said, nature versus yeah. nurture and then where we come from and how, and how we get to yeah. where we are. So um, when you think about the clients that you have today and you have a pretty impressive list, um, I guess 
different industries, different backgrounds, because you're not focused on one particular industry or one particular no, client, No, correct? I mean, look, it, it, they have a, usually a common theme that I say I represent talent, whether that's in female founder or female brand or an executive that's staying in-house and still trying to fight the patriarchy for it's in there, or it's like a talent or creative that like, you know, much like, you know, with Jay-Z or the, the musicians, like we turn themselves, you know, turn their hobbies into businesses or turn themselves into brands so but it's it's definitely more in like it's not like I'm doing like you know um you know patent work in you know and you know so there's certain areas that we you know I don't dabble in but for the most part it's you know services it's um you know it's like entertainment it's partnerships it's employment executive like investment those kinds of things. Um, so it does, you know, there's everything from people that, that are working in news to body positivity to building out like Latin communities to executives working in big businesses to, um, you know, consumer product and then just straight entertainment and, you know, music and film and TV um, and digital and, you know, all those kinds of things. So it's kind of like corporate general plus like a slant toward entertainment and media. Got it. Got it. And um, I'll have two, I want to let you, I know you're busy too. Um, two last questions. So, and I've asked you this before, but the name, obviously a play on your last name, but the justice yeah. department. So it's got a yeah. double meaning. Well, yeah, because um, you know, to me, it's like, I, when my kids were born, I got really into the last name justice and a friend of mine who is a jeweler, Aurora, um, uh, Mahia Lopez. And she, um, she basically hand stamps um, stuff into gold and silver um, with meanings and like they're like your talisman. And so when my kids were born on their first birthday, I went to her studio and she had a lot of old dictionaries, like meanings from like 1800s and 1700s. And we looked up justice and the one that resonated with, to, with me the most was the giving to one their due. And it was like, wow. Yeah, I think it, that was like in the, from like the 1700s. And I was like, yeah, it's really simple, you know. And so the Justice yeah. Department. That's amazing. And you really are putting your money where your mouth is, right? Which is, uh, which I love. I'm putting love everything um, where my mouth is. <laughs> hey, same with my me, right? kid's future. Um, I, I mean, yeah. yeah. um but um we we love what you're doing clearly very very aligned my last question we ask everybody that's on the on the podcast and anyone that speaks here um is uh who is one of your luminaries uh who's one of my luminaries right now i I, yes same one i said yes that is greta thunberg i can't even believe what she is like going through and she is like leading this thing at such a young age and like could you imagine if you had her will and confidence right now I I mean it's because she's so right and like we're still not listening this is crazy like we we say we care about our children's future it's like when we need to act upon this yeah she's really again when we think about her at her age and then all of these young women and men below her like you said your your kids are looking up and seeing this and saying i could do that too i think it's incredibly hopeful for the future for lots of reasons um but i think it's really important as a as a young woman that she's making yeah. a stand too and and about the environment i know so. i know I think she's incredible. Well, JJ, thank you so thank much. You. Um, and we look forward to seeing you soon. Okay, thanks. take care. Bye. Thanks. Bye-bye.